0: What is up my lions and lionesses? This week is finally coming to an end and we're now looking towards a nice relaxing weekend. Or at least I know I am. This week has been very, 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 very busy for me between dropping new content on my Instagram page, Slaughter Fitness, putting my energy into a new side business of mine, and really just focusing on who is Goldilocks? Who do I want Goldilocks to become and what does that road look like for her? But all in all, this has definitely been an eye-opening and motivating week for me. Along with that, I've been really excited this week to drop this podcast because today I'm joined by a very interesting guest. He is half the reason I'm able to be here today and speak with you all about the juices and teas that I've learned over the years. Without further ado, I'll let him speak for himself. Today, I'm joined by my father.
1: And according to the paperwork, I would be your father. That's uh-huh. what they tell me. Okay. <clears throat> I'm your father and sometimes you look like me. Okay, and, wow. Uh, for the record, my name is Ulysses. Some people call me Butch. Mm-hmm. I am Ulysses. Where did that Butch name Slaughter.
0: first come up?
1: Butch? You don't, yeah, Butch. Oh, uh, I never told you that story, huh? I don't think so. So your great-grandmother on my mother's side, your maternal grandmother, Mm -hmm. named me Butch because she didn't like the name Ulysses because she didn't like my father. Mm. And so she refused to call me by my father's name. Mm. And uh, there was a a woman in our family that was called Butchie. It was an actual Hmm. woman, Mm -hmm. a cousin of ours is called Butchie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And my grandmother decided she was going to call me Bush. Okay. So,
0: so that's where from, that came from. Mm,
1: yep. Mm. What do you do right now? Uh, Wow. What do I do? So that's like <laughs> asking me, what, what, how do I spend my days <laughs> yes. in my life? uh-huh. Um, I would, I guess I, I generally refer to myself as a producer. And I don't mean producer in the kind of sense that people would think about entertainment. Mm. Uh, but... A part of what I do, for some people, is entertaining. So Mm. I I produce films, I produce forums, Mm -hmm. um, lectures, I produce uh, all kinds of content. I'm a Mm -hmm. filmmaker, Mm -hmm. I've written three books. Um, I'm deeply engaged and concerned with the black community, um, and by extension, all communities. Because I believe as the black community goes, in many ways, people don't get this, but as the black community goes, Mm. really so goes the world. So, um, I'm a producer of content and activities designed to Mm -hmm. create optimal health in the black community.
0: Okay. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to hop right in today's podcast, and it's really just gonna be around my father and I's relationship, how it's grown over time, where we're at right now. All the juices and teas promised as usual. Here we go. We're gonna hop right into the first question of today, ladies and gentlemen. Dad, what was your first thought when I was born?
1: Let's see, first thought when you were born. I was thinking about that early this morning when I couldn't sleep. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't no, know if actually, I should be. <laughs> no, nah, it, it just, it just it dawned on me. For uh-huh. some reason, it came up to me that I was, um, we actually thought, your mom and I thought you were going to be a boy.
0: Mm, before I
1: was, right yeah, before I was yeah, born? Yeah, so we didn't do anything around, we didn't do anything around, um, we didn't want to know. Yeah. Uh, you can do that, that test, to let you Yeah, know, yeah. That, that whole thing. We mm-hmm. didn't want to know. So we actually were referring to you in the womb as Simba. Mom told you that? No, I didn't
0: know that actually.
1: Yeah, so Simba, the Lion King, which means strength, hmm. power, uh, and it also means lion. Hmm. So we were going around calling you Simba, and <laughs> then you popped out, and I was like, "That ain't, that ain't no boy." <laughs> uh, but I was—you were my third child. I mm-hmm. had two sons, and mm-hmm. it was—it was wonderful. I mean, to think, damn, I got a girl. Mm. Uh, I remember my good friend, your uncle Craig, saying to me, Uh-oh, "Uh oh, this is called the curse of the pimp," <laughs> which is—it's always funny. I mean, uh, I was never a pimp, just for the record, uh-huh. folks. But just to clear that just up. To clear up, I don't want this going out. Um, but it was—it was just—it was—it just, was, it was wonderful. I mean, again, having. By that time, by the time you were born in two thousand, mm-hmm. you had a brother who was eleven. You had a brother that was nine.
0: Shout out to Malcolm and Khalil. Yeah,
1: that's them. <laughs> and and here you come. And so it was. It was. It was just a pleasure. I remember. Uh, I still see a picture. I can see a picture in my mind of me with this green Nike hat on, holding you, and thinking, "Damn, I got a girl." Mm. So it was. Uh, it was a beautiful moment. And, uh,
0: Who else was there when I was delivered? Was Mumum there? She and... was there.
1: Oh yeah, she was there. So it was me, your grandmother, your mom in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember them putting you in the little, the little baby warmer thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, cutting you off, cutting your umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had lots of little red spots on your <laughs> face. You were. Thought
0: you were white. Oh my gosh. Yes. You and Malcolm McClell always say that. <laughs> always thought I was switched at birth.
1: Like, your mama been cheating. Oh my we, gosh. We're going to have to look into this. Oh my God. Yeah, but uh, it was just a wonderful moment. Mm.
0: Going off of that, kind of mixing the past with the present, how has your relationship impacted our relationship? Or how, sorry, how has your relationship with your parents impacted our relationship now, you being my dad?
1: Um, it has my relationship with my parents is a constant uh, compass for how I navigate my relationship with you Mm -hmm. and your siblings Uh, my parents were very engaged present parents Mm. even in times when my mother and father were separated Mm -hmm. uh, my father was always around and always very, very attentive as a father. Hmm. My mother was very attentive as a as a mother. So it taught me to be very attentive as a father. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't have a lot. Um, they struggled like a lot of black folks struggle in the '60s and '70s. Mm. And um, but they never. They, it was. It was never. It, we didn't struggle because we didn't have enough uh we weren't we weren't alienated because we didn't have enough not having enough kept us closer Hmm. Uh, there was no running ducking or dodging there was no No distractions yeah it was well it was like there was no um they didn't they didn't have excuses they didn't use the excuses of being poor Mm for not being engaged. Mm-hmm. They didn't let, let us just do anything with anybody, mm-hmm. um, which is, had been my thing with you all yeah. when you were younger. No, nah, yeah. you ain't spending that at that person's house. Mm-hmm. No, nah, you ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, no, come home. Do your housework. Yeah. You know, there was an attentiveness, uh, a direction. We, they, they gave us things that we had to do and then they created opportunities for us to do the things that we wanted to. Yeah. Do. But the 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 characteristic uh of my parents that shows up constantly is that attentiveness, yeah. that care, that
0: presence. Yeah, I definitely think that's a good word for that. I can't no matter what you and mom went through or what was going on in the household, good or bad, I can never not I can never say that there wasn't an attentiveness right. towards us. I can never say that because you always both of you always made sure that you were guiding us in the right direction and looking after us and again no matter what else was going on I can definitely not say that you guys weren't giving us the attention that we needed and the guidance Um, and I know sometimes I look back on those or when I was in those moments I'd be like why why is he doing this why is he why is he being so strict other parents aren't like this why can't I go over this person's house why can't I do this but when I look on it now I definitely know that if you didn't do that I would not have half the discipline that I try to get in my life now Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have that at all Mm
1: -hmm. I think that that, that's where I see parents uh, try to replace discipline and attention with things Mm. and bullshit Mm -hmm. and, and this this thing that I've never experienced this thing of, you are your child's friend. Hmm. No, you ain't my damn friend. <laughs> I ain't your friend. I'm your father. Mm. Big difference. Uh, there's some lines that I draw. Mm-hmm. And and I I used to think when I was younger and my parents or my grandparents or my aunts and uncles, they would do things and I'd go, I'm never doing that when <laughs> I get older. And then I got older and had children. I was like, oh, no, that's necessary. mm it's necessary for you to get up out of your room, do some fucking chores,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, do your homework, study. This stuff is necessary. This is not punishment. Yeah, this stuff is necessary to help <laughs> we you used to to, think
0: it was. Yeah, to help
1: you build your character. Yeah, because if 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 I don't do it, it's it's said, and I think it's true that people don't just become adults because that's the logical uh, process you have to help create adults. Mm. You actually have to teach people how to do certain things. And in in the world of my parents, there weren't, as you said a while ago, there weren't as many distractions for children. We Mm. had a TV, and you had to turn it with your hand. You walk up to the TV, and if the TV knob broke, you used a pair of pliers to turn the thing. (laughs) Uh Um, You didn't have all these damn gadgets that people have today. All these gadgets of alienation. We didn't have it. And so my parents were physically available to us. We played, uh, catch, we painted, we drew. We used to, as, as a family, we sit around and sing together. Mm. There were things that we did person to person, parent to child, that uh, people don't do a whole lot mm. today. It's, it's, it's everything is on a fucking screen. Mm. And I'm like, nah, that, that, that creates a whole nother parent. These things create a whole nother parent, a whole nother power, a whole nother authority. And I'm, I'm grateful that those things did not exist the way that they existed, uh, the way that they exist now. They didn't exist that way when I was growing up because we had people that we were connected to.
0: Going off of that question, because it definitely impacts this question, are there actions or behaviors or mindsets that you have taken away from your parents to use in our relationship? And are there behaviors that you try to avoid?
1: so what I've learned what I again take away from my parents I I mentioned the attentiveness Mm -hmm. but I uh, right alongside of that is you all as a priority so work isn't a priority I work because you all are the priority Mm. and so being very child uh, centered is important to me like I, I try to make sure that I talk to you all every day. Mm-hmm. I try to make sure, and I've tried to make sure that I kind of know where you are and, and who you are, uh, that I'm like following you, that I'm in your shadow for a period of time because if it, it only takes a minute for something to happen, and I try not to be what they call a helicopter, mm-hmm. you know, the helicopter parent, but I think um, you all are my priority. I, I do what I do because my hope is that I can not provide you with stuff mm. that I didn't have but provide you with certain insights mm-hmm. that I didn't have I think there were certain things that my parents didn't articulate to me like they didn't if they understood society and, and mind you I only had my mom up until I was 12 mm. um, and in many ways I only had my father up until I was 12 as a youth mm-hmm. I got them again when I became a young man and the circumstances I'm sure we'll talk about but um, I, I, I I want to be sure that I prioritize you all um, and wanted to prioritize you early on because if, if, if I were to let you get away it's hard to bring you back mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to uh start early start strong and stay there it's another thing to start off kind of weak and then try to catch you later because if you get too far down the road our relationship has been breached and compromised and and suddenly I'm trying to win you back Hmm. and so I think my parents for the time that they spent with us made us a priority I gave up certain work I mean I homeschooled you
0: yeah yeah that was a
1: big that was definitely a big part yeah, I mean, that was, that was important to yeah. me because I had a sense of what society was like, and I, I never got a chance to talk with my parents about this uh, in a deep way, but I often wondered if they understood the makeup of society such that their actions with us would have been different. I mean, what, what I do with you all and what I've tried to do with you all is to uh, kind of illuminate for you, show you, what love is all about and what the world is all about and they're not necessarily the same they're not mutually exclusive but the fabric of the world can be very deceptive and uh, I just wanted to prioritize you all so that you don't get caught in the many many traps that this world sets up Mm. for you as human beings in general but as black children Mm. in particular and the, the traps are very different for black children mm.
0: you just mentioned this a little bit and I think I've discussed it before in a previous episode on Goldilocks Radio how I was homeschooled from first to fifth grade and you were the one who was it was not just me but Xavier Octavius Jalen Malcolm and Khalil at a time our cousins um you were homeschooling all of us mm. and I don't think I really appreciated that until now, until my 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 recent years, because right. um, I never understood why we didn't grow up like quote unquote normal kids, like <laughs> why, why we didn't go into public school, why we weren't taking the school bus, why we were staying at home with our dad. Um, but when I think back over all the things that we learned during those years, and not just in the books, it was more so I can always remember more so learning things physical things outside going going places with you you taking us everywhere seeing things like the zoo the black and wax museum like they were very educational things that not all kids obviously have had the have had the experience of and i definitely i definitely can look back on that time and appreciate it more and i think i already heard you say that one of your reasonings was to instill something in us that maybe the education system and society wouldn't at that time. So was there, I think, I, I definitely think that was a great, a great way for us to grow up when I think about it now.
1: Mm-hmm. It was very intentional. Uh, it was, as I said, my, my parents, I knew I was a priority with my parents. Mm-hmm. And no matter how little we had, I knew I was a priority.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you all are and were my priority. And so this whole idea of schooling is, it's crucial. There's mm-hmm. a book I used to read uh, in the early 90s mm-hmm. called Too Much Schooling, Too Little Education. And the book was very informative to me because it made a distinction between what it meant to go to school, which is a form of indoctrination, as opposed to getting educated, which is, should be a form of illumination, two entirely different things, mm-hmm. to turn the light on. For somebody to see all the possibilities, that's illumination. Schooling is indoctrination, which is very narrow. It it gives you what you need to know to serve other people and other systems. Mm. The illumination process shows you the cosmos, shows you, you know, everything beyond what somebody is trying to get you to see. And so schooling is very intentional, and I want it to be very intentional. In my work with you all, with homeschooling, uh, as I'm thinking about the times we spent at uh, in Philadelphia, we'd go to the Franklin Institute, mm-hmm. right? And there was this one room. I don't know if you recall this one room, but it was a big dome, and there were like lights in this room, mm. um, and that to me really spoke to it. That you know, we were we were looking at the cosmos instead of you staring at a teacher uh sitting in a classroom uh in order mm-hmm. lined up in desks like everybody lines up in desks mm. uh, i remember doing planting tomatoes with you all i remember the butterfly um uh, the butterfly kit yeah. that we got we played with worms i mean it was Aunt just a houses. lot
0: of, it was a lot of physical yeah, 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 it was, yeah, it was a lot
1: of physical, intellectual, analytical mm-hmm. stuff, but it was also a lot of art stuff too. So we, we yeah. did everything from painting to making yeah. clay to making pretzels, and that for me is is and was my job, was and is my job, uh, is to show you more than what people want you to see mm-hmm. because this is this education system is extremely structured and designed to make new cogs for the same machine that's been running in this world for a very long time. And it will take black children and turn them into functionaries, not free people, but functionaries Hmm. to serve the system. And and if you can't, if you let that happen to children too early, if that happens to children too early, they never, it's difficult for them to get out of that space Hmm. and being a functionary. They're so used to being slaves and servants that they don't even know what freedom is. And if you showed them, they, would, they wouldn't recognize Yeah. It. So I wanted you all to get a sense of what it meant to be free thinkers, free actors, uh, self-serving, not in a selfish way, but self-serving as in a way of uh, doing good by yourself and hopefully learning that by doing good by yourself or for yourself that you could do the same thing for other mm. people. So, you know, yeah, we did a lot of traveling. We, we, we were constantly at the zoo, mm-hmm. constantly at the aquarium, constantly at different, like the Art Institute in Philadelphia. Yeah. We had memberships to everything.
0: Yeah. Um, and like you said, too, it was definitely at a very crucial age, too. We were all pretty young. Well, I know for, for me and my younger siblings, we were all at a pretty young age. And I think that definitely gave us a step ahead in most cases when we did go to public school too. Um, And not even just the education they taught us there, not just multiplication, not just doing all the stuff there, but just like you said, being free thinkers, being... I just remember going to public school in fifth grade and just really feeling different than everybody there. Um, And just really already thinking... I don't want to say thinking ahead of them, but I was just not thinking the same way because of those... Five crucial years that we were with you yeah and the thinking
1: is hard for people to see but I what, what I remember people saying to me teachers and administrators saying to me is that you all did things differently so mm. what you were doing and your actions were a reflection of the thinking that they couldn't see but the thinking was a reflection of how you had been groomed mm-hmm. and uh, there's some some things that I've looked at in my life and I go, man, I could have done this, I could have done this, I could have done that. There's a lot of things that I could have done uh, to put myself in a different space from myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have advanced myself differently in those years, but I feel like I still got time to do the things that I want to do. What I didn't, what I was clear about that I would not have was time to correct you all. Like, I couldn't let those years get away from me and then try to make up for those years later. It was like, no, if I'm going to sacrifice anything, I'm going to sacrifice what I want for what my children need. And I'll go back to what I want later. Hmm. And and I feel like I'm kind of at that space right now. Mm-hmm. Where, okay, I kind of I, I tried to set you all up in a certain kind of way. And if you, if you get it, great. Uh, if you don't, I can't say it was... I can say that it, I, I tried to set you up in a certain kind of way. If you, if you don't want to keep going down that road, fine. But I've given you a foundation to work from. Mm. Um, and that's important to me. Not because I want to pat myself on the back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But because, like I said, like my parents, um, I was a priority to them mm-hmm. for everything they didn't have and couldn't do. I knew I was a priority to them. And I want you all to have the experience of being a priority to someone, so you know what it feels like in our relationships mm. to really be a priority for somebody. A lot of people don't know what that's like. Mm. They're used to being, you know, ignored or not or not uh, thought about or no attention. They're used to that, so that's how they live their lives. And I don't want you all living your lives that way.
0: I know when we were mapping out this podcast yesterday and you were kind of asking me questions as well, you asked me a pretty interesting, and like you said, a very fair question. And that was, have you treated me differently than you've treated my brothers? I have four other brothers, another sister, um, a lot of other siblings now. (laughs) But the question again was, have you treated me differently than you've treated my brothers?
1: Right, yeah. And I I say without question... From the day that I realized that you were not a boy. Mm-hmm.
0: Not Simba anymore. Not Simba. And I
1: was like, okay, that ain't Simba. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, was the, what was his uh, girlfriend's name? Naila. Nala. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, Nala in there. That's <laughs> her name is. Um, absolutely. Because I think that the world that you come into is structured in a certain kind of way. And I'm not trying to necessarily fit you in mm-hmm. as a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to say, okay, you girl, you mm-hmm. go this way. Mm-hmm. But I'm also clear that just as you, you would be looking at the world as a black woman, mm-hmm. that the world is going to be looking at you a certain kind of way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So helping you learn how to negotiate your identity, who you want to be with what people are trying to make you become, mm-hmm. was important to me. It's different mm-hmm. because black boys have to negotiate differently in this world. Mm. A lot of times people get into this thing around so we talk sex, gender, mm. and when and we talk race. Mm-hmm. And when I when I talk with people about race, I say you you need to understand that race is something that people can determine on sight. Mm. I can look at you and I can categorize you on sight. Nobody knows that you might be trans or this or that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All they know is that on sight I see color. Mm-hmm. And in this world in this society where people deal with you on sight, Mm -hmm. first black, then woman. Mm -hmm. Um, It becomes crucial for you to understand how to create a strategy, a personal strategy of engagement in the world. Mm -hmm. So I wanted you to understand, how do you do that? And as I I watched you uh, grow... And, and kind of watch some of your mannerisms and some of your behavior. Some of the, the things that I'd like to say were just kind of natural. I'd watch you, you were, you, you know, kind of, you were, I won't say bullheaded, mm-hmm. but you were, uh, you, you have a, de- a certain kind of determination. Mm-hmm. And these, this kind of behavior, it would be said, is masculine. And I'm like, no, nah, she's just got a certain kind of determination. She, she can be aggressive. So your, your, uh, uh, ability in your attraction toward martial arts didn't surprise me, which mm. is why I took you there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I, this, this kid can probably fight. Mm-hmm. So let me take her over to this school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was right. She can fight. But how do I know that if I'm not paying attention to you on a regular mm-hmm. basis? How, do I, how, how could I possibly know, okay, I need to try this with her? The world has this offering called Karate. And she's a little aggressive. Let me see what I can do to help her take that Mm. and put it over here. Hmm. Um, And the world has men and women who will look at her a particular kind of way. Um, How can I help her negotiate uh, her identity by and by so that she can be okay with the color that she's wearing she can be okay with the fluidity of the gender, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I, I, I struggle with, with the way people deal with gender and sex. I, I like when people say sex as male, female. I, I've always liked that kind of distinction. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into gender, you talk about gay, straight, trans, mm-hmm. that, that, again, that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Gay, straight, trans... That's something that is not necessarily on site. Mm-hmm. That is something that you actually yeah, have, have to, to know, explore. Yeah. You got to yeah. like, okay, so what are you? Yeah, you don't have to do that when you're looking at a black person mm-hmm. or a white person or mm-hmm. you know a Latino. You just kind of go, okay, on site. Mm-hmm. In most cases, I can tell you are mm-hmm. this category that people have just you know come up with. So, treating you different from your brothers was crucial because I didn't want you also to be you know. The, the kind of weakling. I didn't want you to buy into stereotypes. Mm. Of, I didn't want you to buy into stereotypes of a caregiver. That's one thing that I watch with you sometimes is you like to uh, help. And I'm like, okay, you can help, but you don't have to overdo it. And I don't want you to be passive aggressive and, and help as if uh, I'll do it because nobody else is going to do it. No, if somebody else ain't doing it, hold their ass accountable. Mm. So black women sometimes are... Accused of being caretakers or harsh or all of these kinds of things. And this is shit that was going on before you were born. So my knowledge of what you were stepping into is crucial. Mm. Just like your brother stepping into this world as black men. It was shit going on with black men before your brother stepped yeah. into this world. Yeah. And so I had to negotiate them differently mm-hmm. because when they show up as black men, mm-hmm. the world looks at them a certain way. They don't have to respond that way. But if the world says something to you in a certain kind of way, I want you to know where that came from and I want you to understand the strategies that you might have to respond to that. Mm -hmm. So, necessarily, I had to deal with you differently. And until you figure out how to do some things on your own, that was my job. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't always that I was right, but there's a that's the thing about a dynamic growth is that you you it's not stagnant you keep making adjustments it's always about negotiation okay that didn't work this will work this will work that don't work at this moment it'll work over there raising you as a black woman is crucial you decide whether or not you are gay Mm -hmm. straight trans whatever that's on you Mm -hmm. what's on me is you come into this world you look like that Mm -hmm. this is the way the world is dealing with you let me tell you something about that I can help you so far and when you get into some of the more particulars you and y'all
0: and I definitely can now well I've always been blessed to have the type of father you that I have because I feel like you definitely enabled me and didn't dim anything of mine didn't dim a light didn't dim my I'm going to say aggressiveness but that was a word that was used earlier. You didn't dim that for me. You, Mm -hmm. If anything, just put that energy, like you said earlier, into a productive place, karate, Mm -hmm. that I definitely needed at that time. So I can definitely appreciate that. Um, And I think this was just another thought in my head that immediately people will think, oh, she's a girl, so you treated her like this. But as you just said, you didn't just treat me as a caregiver. You didn't treat me as that. You didn't treat me as maybe someone else would. Um, and you just allowed me to explore my energy in a positive way, and it's definitely helped create me into the person that I am today. I'm still doing karate today I still have I still go to the gym now, so mm-hmm. I definitely am able to use what you taught me then, even though back then I didn't really see and understand the lessons, mm-hmm. but I understand them now today mm-hmm. because of how I've still been able to use my energy in those places mm-hmm. instead of just brushing them to the side over time. So the next question is how our relationship has impacted my relationship with men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I think about this a lot, especially being in the relationship that I've been in um, and even previous years before that. I think again, going off of what I said the last time you off the last question, excuse me, you definitely always enabled me to put my energy into the right places, and you again, you never dimmed my light. so when I look at my relationship with other men, I definitely have always looked for someone who wouldn't dim my light right. who wouldn't stop me from speaking my mind, right. who wouldn't stop me and put me in a particular category um and I think sometimes i still I still struggle with that. And like you said earlier, I think I do have a tendency of over-caring sometimes. So I think over the years, with my relationship with other guys, I've had to pause in some of them and realize, am I giving too much of my own energy in these relationships? Am I trying to become a different person for this man in a relationship that I'm in? Um and then i always i- I always have thought back to my relationship with you, and i always I remember the quote that I've seen, maybe not even a quote i just I guess I see it a lot I hear it a lot, but my dad has never treated me a certain way, so why would I allow another man to treat me in and, and again in a negative way? My dad has never treated me this way i'm not going to allow another man who's not the man of my life to treat me this way right. if you're not even doing that to me, so I think that's always something that I've thought about when I get in hard positions, would I allow my own dad to do this to me? And if right. the answer is no, then why am I allowing this man to do it to me? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that there's a, a couple of things I could speak to there because I, I, I'll I go back to the conversation we were having about my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of what my, my parents struggled. I mean, like their relationship was really um, – it, it had moments of – extreme volatility as of course, you know, my father killed my mother when mm-hmm. when I was 12 years old and mm-hmm. I was a witness to that. Uh, I mean, a a, a visual witness to it. Mm-hmm. And it is when, when I look at the, the struggles that they had and what the domestic violence, as people call it, that was too common in our house, mm-hmm. um, I think about the way that my father would physically engage my mother in the way that my mother, again, this is, this is tough for me Jordan, because I never had an opportunity to really speak with my mother about why, mm. like what, 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 what was, what, why were you making these decisions mm-hmm. about being with him? What was important to you? What did you believe about mm-hmm. your relationship with him mm-hmm. that had you saying yes, and then saying no, and then saying yes, and then saying no. This kind of back and forth and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, when I think about that and I watch you, mm-hmm. I think, okay, somehow or another, you're going to have to negotiate. And negotiation is an ongoing process. But negotiate with yourself first and foremost who you want to be with uh, significant others in your case it's men Mm -hmm. who you're going to be and why you're going to be that way how does the relationship serve you and what do you give in the relationship i often talk about reciprocity in relationships
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and it's the give and take it's the balance in a relationship uh and sometimes it's not just about Giving the same thing mm-hmm. because sometimes people will think, well, if I've got this, you should have this, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's not necessarily how relationships go. Mm-hmm. If I'm smart uh, and, and you're not smart, I'm giving you my smarts, but maybe you're not smart. And you've got money. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that kind of transactional yeah. thing can yeah. be dangerous. You really have to know what is the energy of a relationship that makes it work that makes it strong and sometimes it's hard to define but without question reciprocity is part of that give and take a willingness to serve and be served Mm -hmm. Um, and as, as crazy as this might sound I do think sometimes when people are younger they have uh so little experience but that's where you get your experience from mm. they have so little experience to make smart decisions that it's tough for people who are older to watch them mm. go through these struggles because mm-hmm. it's like well, you, 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 you're you struggling trying to figure this out and I could tell you based off my experience what I think I see but there's a place where my experience is limited um, as an informative or as, as an instructional guide for you, because there is something different about it. So I'm saying all that to say that when I, when I look at you, I think you have to be able to be honest with yourself You have to be okay with being by yourself. That's why I said that first part of negotiation is with yourself. Mm. I think everybody needs to learn how to be alone. And when you can learn how to be alone, you leave space for something good to happen. If you can't learn how to be alone and somebody is always next to you, you're always next to somebody, you'll never know what the possibilities are because you keep blocking. It's like you got the door closed. Mm. You got the door closed. You refused to open up the door. um, So you don't know what else is out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just hope that uh, I have been something of a a model of what it means to be uh, loving to another human being so that when you look and you say, I've watched him be loving and caring, and I've seen him... Um, give and take, and I've seen him be happy. Mm-hmm. I, I want that. I think the the I've said this to you before about the challenges in relationship with your mother. There were challenges on both sides, so this isn't necessarily a right or wrong, or I was right and she was wrong, and she was wrong and I was. That ain't that ain't it. What it is is that sometimes people say this. I hate it. It's a corny line, but sometimes you are in relationships for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Hmm. You ever heard that one? Mm-mm. A reason, a season, or a lifetime. And maybe there's some truth to that. There are different relationships that I've had, major relationships that I've had over my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought that when I was in them, that it was my lifetime. Yeah. And as it turns out, it was just a reason why I was there.
2: Hmm.
1: As it turns out, it was just for a season. In hmm. um, my, my new marriage, there's a certain understanding and experience Grounded and what I've experienced in those other seasons mm-hmm. with those other reasons that makes me feel like this could be the rest of my life hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but it is uh, it is through experience and through honesty. Boy, the honesty part is so important to be able to say I really uh, feel. About this because fill in the blank,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not uh, just kind of making something up for yourself. I've been in a lot of relationships where I've like, I just knew this shit wasn't going away. It was like, Oh, brother, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, here, here you come oh again. Oh, here I go uh, again. Oh my god, oh, you again? Uh-huh. Oh my god, when you leaving? Or you know, when am I leaving? Somebody got to leave. Oh my gosh. Um, but it was in my heart. Uh-huh. In, in my head it was like this shit ain't going nowhere mm. and i would just kind of you know go through the motions for some reason and um it it i knew honestly that this thing had limitations mm. um and that it was going to break either i was going to break it or she was going to break it but it was going to break <laughs> um and i want you to be honest. Yeah. You know, i look at you and i go just, you know, be, be give yourself an opportunity to to love in a big big way. Mm. Not to fantasize about it, mm-hmm. but to really live the experience. Um and only you know. Yeah. what that
0: is for you. I think something i've had to be honest with myself over the years in relationship with men is because of how attentive you were to me because of the attention you gave me growing up I kind of just after starting to get into relationships with guys I kind of looked for that in other men like looked for that attention in other men because that's what I was so used to I was used to someone always being there always giving me that attention always giving me that um structure but those are two different kinds of relationships that I had to learn over time. I, like you said, I need to depend on myself for a structure. I need to Mm -hmm. depend on myself for a certain love and a certain attention. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that, just looking for attention in other guys definitely pulled me into some wrong places. Um, So I had to definitely learn over the years how to be honest with myself about the attention that I was wanting at the time, and that was more of a dad attention more of a structure or discipline that you are providing for me right. um instead of an attention that I wanted from other guys to do something that you were doing you right. know so I think that's just like that was just a really great area that I had to start to be honest with myself over the years and start to kind of figure out over the years where I should be looking for certain things and mm-hmm. we're gonna start wrapping up here guys but we have Two more big questions to answer for you all. What are some of the challenges that we've experienced in our relationship, Dad? What are challenges that we continue to experience in our relationship? And what are strengths in our relationship?
1: Um, I think for both of those, uh, the word trust comes up for me. Mm. I think uh, trust is something that you you develop something that you earn Mm
2: -hmm.
1: trust is about reliability trust is about integrity Mm -hmm. trust is about uh, transparency trust Mm -hmm. is about honesty um and I think there's a way that maybe it's just parent relationships maybe it's father daughter Mm -hmm. relationships I think there's a way that you want to and need to Mm -hmm. Figure some things out on your own. Mm -hmm. And there's a way that I feel that uh, there's some things that I can help you with Mm -hmm. that would keep you from making major mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think that when, when I watch you do certain things and I'm constantly saying to you, you want to make sure that you have your own. Mm-hmm. as much as possible because when you've got your own Billy Holiday used to sing a song God bless the child who's got his own when you've got your own you don't have to reach really far to get certain things because it's right up under your feet
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when we start to reach a lot of times for certain things when I see you reaching for things and I'm like you don't have to reach for that Because you have something like that, if you're going to reach for something, reach for something else, but don't reach for that. And so there's a way that I I I wonder about. This kind of goes back to you even as a as a as a child and Mm -hmm. your kind of bullheadedness, as I see it. Um, Like you you want to have things kind of your way. You want to be right. Mm -hmm. And there's independence as part of being independent. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But I think understanding not just in independence but interdependence. What does it mean to be connected with people so that you've got uh, more power through relationship as opposed to more power outside of relationships. Mm-hmm. That's interdependence. So your power grows as a result of your relationship to me. Mm-hmm. You don't You're not losing power because you are in negotiation with me as your father. You're gaining power. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like, I won't say like any father. I just tell you the kind of father I am. I don't want to see my children get hurt. I don't want to see my children wasting time. I don't Mm want to see my children compromised in this world because this world can be ugly as hell. And I recognize that I can't save you from everything. So there's a part of this that I have to work on in relationship to you
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I say, okay, she's she's got to figure that out. That's something that she's just going to have to figure out. And I got to let that go. She's going to be 21 years old and not that age means necessarily that you're mature. But uh, you're going to have to figure out some things on your own and I have to learn how to let that be. Um uh, so I think it's the issue of consistent negotiation, staying in contact with one another, uh, thinking about the future together as father and daughter and where, like I'm always thinking about when I get off this ride and you're still on this ride, what what can I leave with you? So much so that you don't even know I'm not here. Mm. You
2: understand
1: know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To me that's a big deal mm-hmm. that and I think that my parents did that in a way that uh, the way that I embraced my memory of my parents and the things that I remember them saying to me um, they physically got off the ride but Jordan more than they ever were more than they ever probably could have been or thought about if it, if it's not for them on a daily basis I'm not who I am. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of embracing of their spirit and the mm-hmm. The small but big things that they left me with is what I want to leave you with. I mm-hmm. want to leave you with, okay, if I ain't around and you can't see me, I, I put enough in you mm-hmm. for you to be able to know, okay, to be able to say to yourself, all right, Jordan, nah, that ain't that ain't right. And not just because my dad wouldn't think certain things of me. Let's mm-hmm. see about your dad wants you to think certain things of yourself and be certain things mm-hmm. for yourself. that's that's really what I'm after. It's for you to hold yourself in a certain kind of way. So all that being said, I think uh, that is a negotiation. So the strength-weakness thing is part of a negotiation that you and I are constantly working on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you have to go your way more fully, I want you to go with power. I want you to go with love. I want you to go... Fearlessly, I don't want you to be walking around like a lot of people do, doubting. They don't know what to do. They don't know who to ask. They don't know. We got so many people out here that don't know a damn thing. Mm. They don't know who to ask. They don't know where to go. They don't know when to go. They don't know nothing. They just kind of waiting. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be one of those people wandering around going, I don't know what to do. No, you need to have some damn answers.
2: Mm.
1: And if you don't have the answers, you need to know where to find them. Mm. And I want to leave you with that.
0: Yeah, I think a I think a challenge and a I because w- I like how you I feel like challenge and strength in a way go together. Uh-huh. Um, and I know over the years I talked about this before. One of my things that I used to do was I just used to avoid physically. I used to avoid you. I used to avoid the people that I love because I didn't want them to see me at my lowest or with nothing. I didn't want that because of how much you instilled in me. Um, and, again, so I used to avoid physically, and mm-hmm. still, from time to time, I still do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, if I'm being honest, sometimes I still do that. I still avoid because I don't want you to see me when I'm at my lowest um, because I always try to put, like, a strong face on, I guess. Yeah. But I think I want to I pause get... you for a second because mm-hmm. I think
1: that that's funny. Uh-huh. I mean, anybody listening to this, <laughs> I hope you get the, the, the humor in this because here's a kid that just came onto the planet 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was there when she came on the scene. Uh, before she even knew she was alive, I was there. And she wanted to talk to me about not showing me at her lowest. Mm. It's funny to me. I'm like, are you kidding me? I knew your ass before you could walk. <laughs> you want to talk about low. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. I watched you shit on yourself. You <laughs> on yourself. I uh-huh. watched you throw up. I mean, I've watched some of the worst of you mm. and you on some ego trip <laughs> about being at your lowest Mm -hmm. as if your lowest is worse than my oh I can tell you about some low stuff
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so I just think that it's interesting that this world again does this if parents and children allow this to happen Mm -hmm. that suddenly you have to put on a show for me that Mm -hmm. if you're not perfect you shouldn't show up Mm -hmm. you know how many places I shouldn't have shown up to Mm -hmm. because I wasn't perfect there are a lot of places I should have avoided in my Mm -hmm. imperfection but ain't nobody perfect so i think that's the thing too about our relationship is what does it mean for you to show up as you are Mm -hmm. because as you said challenge and power go hand in hand Uh and if you avoid the challenge you can't get the power Mm -hmm. and if i represent a challenge for you or you represent a challenge for me and the outcome of our engaging one another is power then we can't we got to stop avoiding the challenges of seeing one Hmm. another because the power is in, is is revealed through the engagement and the challenge of the engagement. It yeah. can't be otherwise. Otherwise, yeah. it's kind of like I used to say to, to, to students that I work with, they would always talk about how confident they are, how confident they are. I said, Well, you know what? Confident is a frame of my, confidence is a frame of mind that comes from actually doing something, not thinking about something. So until you actually have to encounter something. Yeah. You don't know how confident you are. Yeah. You can't, you can say you're confident all day long. And as soon as the lights go up, you go, oh my God, somebody turn the lights on. No. Mm. Show me how confident you are in the dark. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying to you. This, this is not a thing where you have to show up. Perfect. uh, Unbruised. uh, Knowing all the answers. That's, that's, that's fake. Yeah. I mean, that's really fake. Mm. That's like, I'm going to show up as a fake. I'm going to show up as an actress. Looking like I've got it all together, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. no, I don't have it all together. And I, I feel bad if you showed up and you got it all together and I don't be <laughs> like, damn, what a, what a lame father I am.
0: <laughs> I definitely can say that every single time we would, I guess, have a challenge or come into a conversation. It would be a difficult conversation. I can say at least 95 percent of the time I would come out of that conversation with you and I would feel stronger after talking to you and you would never put me down in those conversations. It was never I don't I just feel like after we had a hard discussion, I would always feel empowered and I would always feel like okay, I can I can come back here and talk to you about stuff even when it's hard for me, even when it's hard for us, even when the conversations are hard, I can come back and know that no matter what I'm bringing to you Whether it's really hard or really easy, I come out of it feeling stronger and more confident that I can come to this, to my father Mm -hmm. and have this discussion. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So, guys, we are going to wrap up here today with one last final question. Dad, how has our relationship grown over time as I have gotten older?
1: I draw on this this idea of the uh it's the crawl,
2: mm-hmm.
1: walk, run, drive, uh, evolution.
2: hmm
1: And I add to that uh the cell phone mm-hmm. technology part of this. Mm-hmm. Um I think as you've grown and you've changed, of course so have I.
2: Yeah.
1: But I use the crawl walk, run, drive, uh, idea, because that's literally what happens mm-hmm. and what has happened to you. hmm Uh, you started out crawling and as a crawler, mm-hmm. you couldn't get very far, very fast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it was, I was able to keep an eye on you in a certain kind of way. I was able to, uh, raise and care for you in a certain kind of way because you couldn't go far very fast. hmm and, so, and then there was a dependency that was uh, there as well. Mm-hmm. I had to feed you.
0: Had right? to. So I had to. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, if
1: I was going to keep you alive, I needed to feed you. <laughs> uh-huh. So there was that part of it. So as a crawler, who every now and then, of course, needed a nap too, you, your level of care uh-huh. was different as a crawler. Uh-huh. Had to change your diapers. Oh,
0: no, yeah, not that. Yeah, you wore diapers. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> not that. It was
1: nasty. So, yeah, so I had to deal with that aspect uh-huh. of that particular phase of your life and then of course you learned how to walk mm-hmm. and that, mean, that meant that your space your access to new things grew mm-hmm. um, I didn't necessarily have to change you but I still had to feed you mm-hmm. you were engaging new ideas you mm-hmm. were engaging new people you, your friend circle started to grow as you got older mm-hmm. you uh, eventually would start school so it's the crawl mm-hmm. the walk and then you start to run Mm-hmm. And as a runner, you're able to get even further. And as you get further, you get exposure to new stuff. There's all kinds of new stuff that you come in contact with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to be mindful of this new stuff that you're coming in contact with. Mm-hmm. Finally, you learn how to drive, mm-hmm. and now you can go. You ain't a crawler. You can actually go at you know from zero to sixty in like ten seconds, depending on the closest highway, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm. I have to keep an eye on these four phases of you and everything that you're coming in contact with. And as you, as you come in contact with those things, those things are having an influence on your development. And I'm having to interpret your understanding of these things that you're coming in contact with. Um, and then I add again, this, this last part, which is not something that I had to deal with. As a matter of fact, I don't think your brothers even had to deal with it in the same way that you did. Hmm but all this stupid ass technology all mm. these phones and gadgets and mm-hmm. all that that's a whole other level of exposure for you um, it, it creates another whole world for you and as your father watching you engage this stuff it was important for me to be there as you interpret and try to adjust to these different spaces um, because as I said there's there's certain things about human beings that just don't change I don't care what the technology is human beings will use things the same way they always have some mm-hmm. people do incredible evil with this stuff so there's some beauty in some of this stuff mm-hmm. but our relationship has uh, transformed through your development and through my development yeah. as you become stronger as you go from you know, zero to twenty I'm going from what thirty to fifty-three.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and so that that changes, mm-hmm. and and my ability to chase isn't as great as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my need to chase shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, I there, there's a way that you can come to me now and you yeah. can ask me some yeah. questions. Earlier, it's me coming to you, mm-hmm. and so there's just a a, a way that your exposure to new things and even mine, because as you're growing and developing, I am too. Yeah. I haven't stopped learning. Mm -hmm. I haven't stopped, stopped growing. Mm -hmm. Um, but you as a priority for me means that I'm always looking or thinking, even when you're not near me, I'm always thinking, okay, what's she up to? How's she doing? Mm -hmm. That takes up a lot of brain space. Mm -hmm. It takes up a lot of mental space. It takes up a lot of emotional, psychological Mm -hmm. space for me to wonder, okay, is she okay. Is she, uh, is she being uh, uh, open? Is, mm-hmm. she being, is she okay with talking to me about these things? Um, and it's an ongoing process, baby. It's, it's, the, it's an ongoing process of understanding you, following you yeah. when you want to be followed, helping mm-hmm. you when you want to be helped and knowing when to stay out of the way. Mm. And sometimes challenging you on... Your behavior. I'll Mm -hmm. be challenging you on your behavior until my last breath. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is not to question Mm -hmm. you or doubt you, but to help you increase your power, like we talked about earlier.
0: Yeah, and I can definitely just add one more final point. I can definitely say, I don't want this to sound corny, but I don't think there's no other way to put it. I think that over the years, our relationship has definitely gotten stronger and it's definitely gotten more positive and it's definitely developed more and just got stronger overall. And Part of that reason is obviously because I've gotten older. I've gotten exposure to some of the life experiences that you have had So I can now talk to you about certain things Um, And I know that you can talk to me about certain things and we can be on another level in our conversations now Um, So I definitely think that over the years that we have gotten and developed a stronger dad-daughter relationship
1: and as I said earlier, I think this is where I I learned from my parents and from my grandparents and from my aunts and uncles. I we we ain't friends. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That ain't that ain't that's not the nature of our relationship. Uh-huh. We're not friends.
2: Not uh, friends. You are not my
1: peer. Uh-huh. You are my daughter, uh-huh. and I have a particular obligation to you. in in my worst times and in my best of times, my obligation doesn't change. Mm. And so it's important for me to uh, sacrifice. Uh, what I want and it had been important for me to sacrifice the things that I want for you and, and saving enough, enough space early on mm-hmm. for you uh, and your siblings to get to a certain place and knowing that, okay, I'll get mine back and I feel like I'm at that place where well, I'll get mine back now, but I don't regret the amount of time that I spent prioritizing you all so that we can sit here now If, it, if I, had, I believe if I had done things a different way Jordan, mm-hmm. if I had uh, approached uh, my work and my fatherhood a different way, I'd be trying to make up for some shit mm-hmm. and you know, it's too many of you all six of you all, and I'm like, nah, I ain't got time to be trying mm-hmm. to make up for this shit uh-huh. I can't make up, like I look at Malcolm and Khalil and I'm like, okay uh, I, 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 I missed a certain amount of time with them And when I was able to get them back at 13, 14 years old, Mm -hmm. I had some catching up to do. Mm -hmm. And that always bothered me that, damn, I lost a nice chunk of time there with them. Um, And so as you all came up, I was thinking, nah, I can't afford to lose that time with you. Mm -hmm. I I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose that.
0: Mm -hmm. And I know we can all definitely appreciate that that attentiveness going back to that word that you gave us over the years i think that can never go unnoticed guys i feel like i can breathe right now with all of that being said this is going to wrap up episode number 14 now of goldilocks radio dad it was a great time talking to you as always i'm sure we will have another conversation soon do you have anything else you would like to say?
1: No, I right, look forward to the next conversation. Mm-hmm. And just as we've been talking about here, uh, there's a lot to talk about. And uh, with every conversation, I think our relationship grows yeah. stronger. And uh, that's part of being connected as a father. And daughter, As far as I am concerned. Yeah. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, serve while don't, get confused, don't get it confused. Don't get it confused. No, I'm in the so now one yeah. another I'm in tone 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 in value don't get confused don't get it confused. Mm.
0: appreciate it always guys right, so with that I'll this ep- plan, wraps up episode number tone, I think I said 14 earlier I'm on 15 of Goldilocks radio now almost a thousand uh, yep, we're getting there. <laughs> guys, it was a pleasure talking to you. As always, I will see you next week on Goldilocks Radio with more juices and teas for you guys. I'll let you later. See ya.